You're listening to What's Contemporary Now, a show about culture, the people, places, and things that together make it up. At just 27 years old, Robin Galig has already nabbed himself a significant piece of the pie. A self-proclaimed shy guy, he's managed to work with some of the industry's biggest names, noting a particular project with Linda Evangelistas, a moment where that new guy nervousness was met with absolute inspiration. Not one to put himself anywhere but behind the camera, today's conversation gives us a peek into the story of the kid that moved to Paris at 16 and dropped out of photography school a year and a half in. When asked about the people-pleasing one must juggle while navigating opportunity and the types of boundaries we all need, he half-jokingly admits that if it wasn't this, he'd actually like to be a psychologist. This is Robert Galieg, and we are talking about what's contemporary now. Robin, you're in New York, and this weather is horrible. How are you? <laughs> Very good. Just came back to Costa Rica. Yeah, so, you were telling me. How was it? That was amazing. But the comeback is violent. At least you got a day of sun, because today just isn't making dreams come true. But you spend a lot of time here, even though you're based in Paris. What are your thoughts on New York? I mean, I love being in New York. It just gave me the energy. I mean, I love being in Paris, but it just, it's small. <laughs> yeah. It feels home. It's amazing. But I just need this like pop of energy when I'm coming here. Do you think that Paris feels small because you've lived there for so long at this point? So it's just all I that much so. more familiar? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, it's my safe place. It's my home. This is where all of my friends are. My family live close by. But I need this this kind of interruption. Well, you and I have also talked about that when it comes to travel and all of the reasons why we love it respectively. But what do you think are the sort of benefits when it comes to getting around the world and not staying in one place too long? Do you have a lot of chances to travel between work or is it really at this point just on the holidays? I want to take more time to go on the holidays, to be honest. The last couple of years, I was like so focused on in when I turned 18, I just wanted like to work. And I just feel like 2024 open lived my eyes and I just want to take more time off. It's very hard for me to sit still. I like to be busy, to keep pushing the creativity. And I think it's important to have a balance of different type of job and working with a range of creatives who can keep challenging you and to push your work in a different path. But mm-hmm. I cannot sit still in Paris. I have to travel. You mm-hmm. know, like for me, Paris mm-hmm. is work, even if this is home, I need to be outside of Paris. Which is interesting. As you mentioned, it is home. And I think travel is a necessity that a lot of creatives find inspiration in and just even stimulation. But Paris today is very much the hub of the entire industry. I think since the pandemic, it's gained an unprecedented amount of market share, at least in recent decades. And it feels very exciting. But is it just the general notion of travel that's important to you? Obviously, Paris must feel more exciting. I mean, I love Paris, but Mm -hmm. it's a village at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just such a small town and everybody knows each other, which is amazing. There is something like really like family somehow, but I need to go to New York to have like this bum of energy and just come back. And that makes me appreciate a little bit more Paris. Just like considering the fact of taking care of myself, I need to go like to Costa Rica. I need to surf. I need to do something else. Yeah, of course. It's always the sort of forefrontal thought that we all have going into a new year. And speaking of taking care of yourself, I don't recall if you and I discussed it before, if I read it somewhere, but I know that when you were younger, you were set upon a very different path before it ever became about fashion or photography. And then an injury sort of changed things for you. So where did it start? Well, I always been like 
very curious and energetic and actually i wanted to have like some career working with horses so not fashion whatsoever however fortunately i wasn't in an accident at the age of 11 which compromised all of my plans the accidents really changed my perspective on my future so it was a long healing process it made me grow up like super super fast mm-hmm. and on a lighter note it helped me to discover like new possibilities when you were younger your sister was actually the sort of first model or muse when you started taking pictures right yeah, yeah exactly i mean like i pick up the camera at the age of 14 it was like a small point in chart and I remember the first time I saw my sister and we really, really tried to create like a scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like doing her hair, her makeup, I style her. And for me, that was just playful. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that could be considered as a real job, but I wanted to continue documenting moments, telling story, and to be honest, like just having fun. That's always the best way to start, right? I feel like people are always saying you have yeah. to gamify things to make it a success. But how did you manage to move to Paris at 16? That sounds crazy young to me. Thanks to my teacher. She, so my terrible teacher that I, <laughs> that I saw and I posted back in the day on Facebook. And she insists that I apply for photography programs. So I Google, I was in a courtyard and I called the first one I found which happened to be in Paris. So long conversation with my parents, but they were so supportive. And five days after, I was moving to Paris. So I stayed like a year and a half at the program. And well, what made you decide that the school wasn't for you? Did the program just not feel like you were learning enough? Or I don't know. That was amazing to learn all the technical aspect and also like the culture of photography. I remember the first day at that school, the teacher, he asked who was like our favorite photographer and had zero name in mind. So I just wrote the wedding photographer, very talented, but wedding photographer for my town. Usually all the people were like Brassai, LA Afton, like all the big names and I had zero culture of photography. School helped me on that aspect to train my eyes and to look at photography, read the photography, read a picture, and the technical aspect as well. But I just wanted to work. I wanted to learn by myself. I knew what I wanted to do, and I wanted to work as a fashion photographer. I'm the kind of person who just want to try and see if it's like well done or not, and like make mistake and just realize them myself and fix them. Is that when you started to travel a bunch as well, when you were doing those tests for different agencies? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just reached out to all the model agency and doing like test shoots. So where did you end up going? I feel like you were in Tokyo at one point, right? Or was it Bangkok? At first I did Milan, then I tried Bangkok, then I tried South Africa. Obviously, like I tried New York, but that was at the end. I feel like we always talk about the sort of formative experiences that people have. And of course, that's typically at school or, you know, in their youth. But for you, I would assume a lot of these early experiences of traveling by yourself to shoot models in different places you had never been was pretty formative. It was the best school, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, like working with like young model and I was like 18, 19. 
we were like growing up together. I think a lot of <laughs> young creatives today, because of the access that the internet provides, don't necessarily always look too far back when they're making an effort to look forward and decide what type of work it is they want to do. But you have a lot of reverence for the craft and the history of fashion photography as a whole. When did that interest kick off for you? At the beginning, I just like, this is what makes the job interesting. Fashion photography is very much like a narrative on culture, which is forever changing. And I'm always finding and just like making the little puzzle work. But that could come from like anywhere, like new words from the industry, model, music, art. I'm very much a people person and I'm very in touch with the emotion of other. And this is why I'm so inspired by so many models that I'm working with. Models are inherently muses, right? They're these incredibly inspiring, unique individuals, or at least that's the goal. When it comes to working with some of these major people that you've been working with, be they incredible stylists or, of course, the designers that you've been shooting for, having started so young, was there ever a moment where you found yourself incredibly nervous or did you kind of use it all the time? (laughs) (laughs) And even right now. (laughs) (laughs) But is that something that fuels you? Like, I feel like some people use fear as a fuel. I mean, I've become like more confident the past couple of years for sure. But anytime I'm working with like new collaborators, I feel some nerves. If I have an example, when I was asked to shift Linda, I was petrified at the beginning. Of course, she's a legend and she has a very strong point of view. But the moment we met and connect, it was at ease. I'm always getting nervous when I'm meeting like new people because I don't know how they operate. I want to sit back and just like analyze everything, all the situation. Then it's funny that you mentioned Linda specifically because she was the one that I was going to ask you about. Linda Evangelista is Linda Evangelista and she is not necessarily someone that's ever been replicated or ever will be replicated. But in those scenarios, when you're navigating not just someone who obviously has opinions of their own in terms of their best light or what it is they prefer, you're also navigating the insecurity of a star. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that something that has progressively gotten easier over time? I would assume at a certain point, you become a little bit of a psychologist on set as a photographer. I mean, I would love, if I wasn't a photographer now, I'm probably going to be a psychologist. I would love to at least. Oh, really? But <laughs> I mean, you have to navigate being on set with all these egos and artists and creative people. Mm-hmm. You just have like to understand like there's insecurity as well. If you want to, how can I say that? If you want to have like, If you want to bring out the best in them. If you want to bring the best of everyone. It's interesting as well, because at a certain point, I would think that there are certain dynamics where you might feel a greater sense of control of what's happening on set. But then you add all of those other components, be it the stylist or, again, the client that's on set. And navigating that kind of collective group of people. I've personally heard nothing but incredible things about you in terms of how you operate a set and how nice you are. Do you ever feel... And this isn't a judgment, but it's a genuine question. Do you ever feel like you're obligated to be a people pleaser? I know that you and I have talked in the past about the difficulty in saying no to people. To me, like all the relationship, it's it kind of everything. And surrounding myself with like collaborators who empower and challenge me as a creative and being with people that I really trust, it helped me to become like better and more confident. But 
we are all working in such a small industry and very privileged and we just have to realize the chains that we have and step back and realize that nobody's like saving life and shitting must be fun also i of course have to deal with so much pressure but you have to learn your way to beat your path through to make yourself felt and necessarily and sometimes You have to be firm, you have to be strong about your opinion and what you believe in. But there are always like a nice way, you know, elegant and professional way to do it. And nobody wants to work with monsters anymore. And keyword mm-hmm. I mean, young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get so lucky to work with like incredible stylists, designer, model, and artist and when you feel enough confident and their trust on set, you don't need to act like a f- monster. Has it gotten easier to be able to say no? It's not. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's, that's never kind easy. Of, yeah, it's that's why I wanted easy. to ask whether or not you ever felt as though you were somewhat of a people pleaser in those situations, just because it is challenging, right? It's this impossible balance to strike sometimes between knowing what you need as an artist, as a creative, but also just as a human in terms of free time versus time that you're spent engaged professionally. But then also, like you said, pleasing all these incredible thought partners that you work with on the regular. You have to be like strategic and also not burn out and get exhausted when someone asking for a magazine or another like commercial job. Sometimes it's just not the right moment because like I know I want to be able to do a great job. Mm-hmm. And I just want if I'm showing on set and I just sometimes just don't have like any more idea you know it's just about what I'm gonna say and which story I want to tell at the moment so it's nice sometimes to have a short season of what you have to say even neuroscience explains that it's an important function of the brain to have time to relax and be inactive and do nothing so it can consolidate ideas or even create grounds for the emergence of new ones which is something that you obviously get on trips like Costa Rica and other kind of downtimes. But I don't think anything you're saying is unfair. And that's the sort of irony of being in demand or a new fashion darling, right? Is that you have to balance opportunity with your own personal needs. And again, being as young as you are, I'm sure there's a sense of obligation somewhere, right? Because you just don't want to feel as though you're disrespecting all of these incredible people that have come up to work with you. What are the things that kind of inspire the ideas that you decide to pursue when it comes to shooting something like a magazine or even a campaign? I remember Raquel. I learned so much with her, with Linda as well. You know, like, this is like my old school, this model. <laughs> and I learned so much. I was like watching her and she was like playing with the clothes. Then when she's coming on set, she knew how the clothes were falling on her So she gave me like her best and she's an actress. So it really inspired me after translating this, when I working with like younger model, just like for them to incarnate character. Again, it goes back to the notion of someone like Linda Evangelista or even Raquel Zimmerman, who's sweeter than the days are long. These are really incredible examples of unique individuals who operate in a way that I don't really think is replicated in any other talent, which is undoubtedly why they're so successful. But having the chance to work with that level of talent, and again, only a few short years into your career, at what point did it become a rule for you to have 
a top talent for any production, understanding that what it is you were going to get back from the model in front of your camera was going to be very different than in the case of shooting someone on the newer side? Or do you still like to shoot new faces? I like new girls just as much as the girl. I mean, like, I'm just trying also like with their personality. That's why I'm like very close to casting director and like agent as well, model agent, because I want to know what's the personality of the girl. You know, if she wants to be, is she understanding like what is she doing or she's only doing it for money? It makes a big difference, to be honest. Absolutely. Having like a girl who really like want to incarn a character, have like a deep understanding of a mood board reference what we expect her to be and what she can bring to me. Just like everything is a collaboration with a model, with everyone on set. You're just like creating something new all the time. I need them. You know, I need models, stylists, clients to bring something new to my work. Everyone has idea and we're building something from scratch to make like at the end, like a beautiful picture. So that's the goal of everyone on set. We talked about the idea of being nervous on some of these sets or even today or in general. And I was actually watching a really good interview earlier with an actress in one of the recently award-winning films where she said she only takes on projects that she's afraid of because she sees a value in the transformative opportunity and confronting your fears or whatever challenges that sort of represents when it comes to being a creative. They are quite close, being nervous and excited. So I'm not sure if that's something you've ever noticed in terms of the projects that you decide to do but is fear the driver i always for sure i always want to push myself and make myself scared i kind of love the challenge and after all of this roller coaster of emotion when you're shooting starting from an idea and seeing the results it just, it's amazing. This is what makes my job interesting. I feel like a lot of photographers look at things like book projects or even exhibitions as something that can feel prematurely retrospective when they want to continue looking forward. But then you also have a lot of the younger photographers today who've managed to put out books and even do exhibitions quite early on in their career. Are those spaces that you're interested in pursuing as well? Yeah, definitely. When I did my two first book, it was so refreshing for me. It was another world of what I used to do, like in fashion. So it may be exhibition, maybe I'm very shy. So I don't like uh, being, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. You don't like to be in front of the camera. No, I think, yeah. no, 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 no. It's an interesting quality that we were recently discussing with another guest who identified as an extrovert and seeing the way that sort of manifests in these fields, such as fashion or culture as a whole, because you see the people who are keen to be in front of the camera and sit front row and do all of the things. But then they're also masters of their craft who actually manage to avoid all of those things. And it really never affects mm. their success. It's really weird. I just sometimes feel like I've liked your personality. I'm confident on set. I know what I have to do. Even if I'm scared, I know what I have to do. But on my private life, I'm more like a shy person. It's hard for me to talk about myself. To be there at my age, it's sometimes a little hard but i've still actually seen you out at fashion parties and you seem to be having a good time one time <laughs> yeah fair fair why <laughs> so we keep talking about how young you are and the success that you're navigating but what does that look like in terms of work-life balance a favorite subject of young people today are you able to foster relationships are you dating anyone you know it's hard to meet someone 
even like who understand like what you're doing, all of the responsibility that I have at my age and just like all the stress, I'm a very anxious person. So it's hard to have a normal dating life, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's hard for a lot of people in general, especially in these sort of particular career types, just because like you said, you travel so much. It's ideal, in my opinion, to not necessarily date someone within the industry. I agree. I mean, it's nice as well to be like, curious and come back the nine just having someone who's doing the opposite that which you do is refreshing i mean i'm curious about like whatever as soon as the other person is passionate about what they're doing yeah no i agree you want to have some type of escape because as much as you love this you can't only have this but you're talking yeah. about things like anxiety and of course being as busy as you are but what are the sort of secrets for you in terms of how you ground yourself or how you compensate for those levels of stress there's got to be another side right and in that shy quiet introverted robin what is it that you do (laughs) i would say my family my friends have two amazing agents and it just helped me to have great balance between the shooting and traveling and being quiet and and sit still it's crazy because sitting still sounds like such a simple thing and it really is and yet so few people make the time to do it or when they try they only get more anxious but it really is the secret yeah so after this big trip to costa rica and here you are in the big apple where are you off to next i'm gonna stay here and go back to paris and go back to new york for a a big project the can wait to show you we definitely will wait with bated breath but before we let you go <laughs> you have to tell us what do you think is contemporary now oh i'm still figuring out it are we all are we all <laughs> a real answer <laughs> to be honest it's true right every day is a I new mean, question it's like the it's a question honestly it's a real question, but I'm still figuring it out myself. That's actually a really good answer. What's contemporary now? It's a question. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's Contemporary Now. A special thanks to our show's producer, Cheyenne Asadi, who makes it all possible. Original theme music by Joseph Top Miller and Chase Coughlin of The Black Soft. And visual design by Aaron Marr and Graham Prentice. Subscribe now to be the first to hear new episodes, and for more content, follow us on Instagram at What's Contemporary, or visit us online at whatscontemporary.com. 